This summer, it feels like we are swimming in a pool of conflicting information. So many decisions are being thrown at us that we have never faced before. Parents are being asked to choose whether or not to send our children back to school and every day face decisions about how to keep them safe, not only physically, but socially and emotionally in the midst of pandemic social distancing. Business owners and even our church have had to decide if and when to reopen and what is the safest way to do that. Politicians are pointing fingers and we're left wondering who to believe and how to vote. And on almost any issue involving the coronavirus, each time we think we found crystal clear answers, someone else throws a wrench of disagreement into the situation and we're left confused on what and who to believe all over again. It seems that no matter where we turn to find black and white facts, we find ourselves instead in a hazy gray fog of confusion. We're surrounded by information at our very fingertips. But how do we discern fact from fiction? How do we parse truth from sensationalism? So many Christians would say it's simple. Our Bible is our roadmap, a blueprint for our lives. And while that may be true to a certain extent, I can't flip the book open and find the words pandemic or vaccine, face masks or school choice anywhere in the concordance or index. How do we as Christians find godly wisdom for situations that are so completely out of the realm of what was happening in biblical times? Well, as we kick off our new series about wisdom, we'll search the book of Proverbs for answers to these questions and many more. But before we dig in, what exactly are Proverbs? I mean, every religion has them, these pithy, short, clever sayings, a bit of truth or general advice. But what is the book of Proverbs in our Christian Bible? Is it really just a collection of sayings that make good needlepoint art or Instagram captions? Well, the Proverbs written in our Bible were passed down through generations of an oral tradition of poetry and storytelling among the Hebrew people. These sayings were taught to generation after generation of people wanting to live a good and just life. But let's be clear about what Proverbs are not. Proverbs are not guarantees. Exhibit A, Proverbs 22.6 says, train children in the way they should go. When they grow old, they won't depart from it. Is that a guarantee? Does that always come true? I can hear some folks with adult children watching right now and snickering on their couches. You know, there's no guarantee of how a child will grow up, but it's wise counsel for parenting. What else are Proverbs not? They're not predictions like an eight ball or a crystal ball guaranteeing the future. Example, Proverbs 10.26 says, The fear of the Lord increases one's life, but the years of the wicked will be cut short. Now, we know that's not always true. It's not a guarantee. We frequently lose good people we love way too soon. And wicked people, well, we're just not going to talk about that. Proverbs are not promises or guarantees. They are lessons that guide us toward a more God-centered life. They emphasize fear of the Lord. There is a reverence, a moral mindset behind these teachings. It's the idea of humbling oneself to recognize, I am not God. I must embrace right and wrong by God's definition, not my own. 
Most of the book of Proverbs are thought to have been written by King Solomon. That's the guy that when God asked him to name anything he wanted, any earthly treasure, anything at all, he simply said he wanted wisdom. In 2 Chronicles 1.10, he says to God, Give me wisdom and knowledge so I can lead this people, because no one can govern this great people of yours without your help. Do you hear the humility in admitting no one can do this without God? Do you hear the faithful reverence given to God as Lord of his life? The word wisdom in Hebrew is more than just head knowledge. It's about skill or applied knowledge. It's about learning how to live. So how do we as Christians find godly wisdom for the very specific situations we're dealing with right now in 2020 that are so completely out of the realm of what was happening in biblical times? Well, that's what we're talking about today, the wisdom of discernment. Listen now for the word of God. Proverbs 2, 1 through 15. My son, accept my words and store up my commands. Turn your ear towards wisdom and stretch your mind toward understanding. Call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding. Seek it like silver. Search for it like hidden treasure. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He reserves ability for those with integrity. He is a shield for those who live a blameless life. He protects the paths of justice and guards the way of those who are loyal to him. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, as well as integrity, every good course. Wisdom will enter your mind and knowledge will fill you with delight. Discretion will guard you. Understanding will protect you. Wisdom will res rescue you from the evil path, from people who twist their words. They forsake the way of integrity and go on obscure paths. They enjoy doing evil, rejoicing in their twisted evil. Their paths are confused. They get lost on their way. Proverbs 2, 1 through 15. Turn your ear toward wisdom and stretch your mind towards understanding. Call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding. The Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, come knowledge and understanding. What words or phrases stand out to you in that? Let me read those few key verses again, and I just want to invite you to just close your eyes for a second. Let your mind focus in on whatever word or phrase catches your attention most. Turn your ear toward wisdom and stretch your mind towards understanding. Call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding. The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. You can open your eyes. What words stood out to you? Wisdom, understanding, stretch your mind, call out, cry aloud. The Lord gives. From God will get knowledge and understanding. All of it, that's powerful. It reminds me that seeking God's wisdom is a full sensory experience. It's not open the book, read the answer, shut the book, and live it out. I wish it was that simple. It means using our minds, our hearts, our ability to be still and listen to our God. Through all of that, God will give us wisdom and understanding for our current situations. As Methodists, we are first Wesleyans named after our founder, John Wesley. 
And one of the core teachings of the Wesleyan faith is our method for coming to theological conclusions, or rather, understanding God and what God wants. It's what we call the Wesleyan quadrilateral. It's like four lenses, each stacked one on top of the other, that we are looking through to gain understanding. The first of which is the most foundational, scripture, of course. But we also consider reason, tradition, and experience. As it says in our Book of Discipline, Wesley believed that the living core of the Christian faith was revealed in Scripture, illumined by tradition, vivified in personal experience, and confirmed by reason. Scripture is primary, revealing the Word of God so far as it is necessary for our salvation. You see, we don't read Scripture literally, like a blueprint, but rather we study it using our God-given minds, examining it as it has been taught through generations of tradition, measuring it against our own experience living in relationship with our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and also by using our minds to reason through an understanding of the context in which a passage was written, when and where it was written, who was the author, these are all the lenses through which we study and grapple with God's Word. It's through this method of examination that we're able to discern how to apply this wisdom to our lives. As today's passage in Proverbs says in verse 2, turn your ear toward wisdom, stretch your mind toward understanding. In other words, use your own mind and ability to reason and search for meaning and answers from God. And in verse 3, call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding. In other words, your personal experience of God speaking to you in big or small ways, communing with you in prayer, all of that matters. The Holy Spirit is still on the move. Even in 2020, we cannot contain her. So how do we find true wisdom while swimming in a pool of conflicting information this summer? We cry out to God for insight and understanding. We turn our ear toward wisdom and stretch our minds toward understanding, trusting that God's Holy Spirit will continue to guide us. And we examine everything carefully. As Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Don't suppress the Spirit. Don't brush off Spirit-inspired messages. But examine everything carefully and hang on to what is good. Avoid every kind of evil. Over and over again, we are reminded in Scripture to think for ourselves. In 1 John chapter 4, as paraphrased in the message, it begins with the words, My dear friends, don't believe everything you hear. Carefully weigh and examine what people tell you. You see, we may not have all the answers we need right now, but we serve a God who is not hiding away on some far-off throne, pushing buttons or pulling strings, but rather a God who guides us, pushes us, stirs within us, and will not leave us alone. So when you're uncertain of what to believe, when you're not even sure what's up and what's down or what day of the week it is in 2020, turn your ear towards wisdom, stretch your mind towards understanding, call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding in reverence and humility. Turn everything over to God and may God's Holy Spirit guide you. Amen.